You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. It is a Wednesday, January the 18th here on Crunch Time. You're listening to the game. It's 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. And your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion Houston Astros. Matt Miguez here. The game hotline is 337-706-0111. And as a reminder, here in Acadiana, you can watch us on the simulcast Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber. 90-minute show today as LSU men's basketball will be on our airwaves. Tip-off is at 6. Pre-game show is at 5.30 as Matt McMahon and the Tigers host Auburn inside the PMAC tonight looking to get back on track. But your top story of the day, former LSU quarterback Walker Howard has announced that he is transferring, but he is staying in the SEC West, transferring to Ole Miss under Lane Kiffin. Now, this is entertaining for a multitude of reasons, because now LSU will have to play Walker Howard every single year. Bring in my producer and co-host, the one and only Mr. James Mesh. James, good afternoon, sir. How are you? Oh, is this my cue? What's up, Matt? How you doing? Oh, you love pushing buttons, don't you? <laughs> you just love pushing buttons. I am fantastic, sir. Absolutely just chef's kiss. Uh huh. It's a great day. Very cool. Thank you for sharing with the class. Uh, you're so welcome. So, obviously, the, the the news of Walker Howard even transferring came as a shock. Was 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 news in and of itself. But now, but now, now, now we have a new the, destination. Now that he's staying in the SEC West. Oh man. Hotty oh. toddy, baby. Oh man. That is. Uh, and I'm going to be honest here. I like Jackson Dart. Mm-hmm. I think Walker Howard could start in 2023. There's definitely a good shot. It's going to be a two-man race between Dart and Howard because you look at the rest of their roster. Davin, Davin, I'm not totally sure how to go with that one. Widner, uh, Braden Waterman, and then Kinky Dent. That's yep. the other comp. Yeah, because Luke Altmaier transferred to Illinois. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you I mean you're you're really looking at, at Dart and Howard, and I mean Dart again did did a lot of good things for Ole Miss last year, but he was also very skeptical. So if he has a poor spring, and Walker impresses in the spring, things could get interesting. And he very easily could because we heard plenty of good talk throughout the season from one Brian Kelly talking about how fast that Walker Howard is able to pick up LSU's system, LSU's offense. So to me, it's like. If he's able to do the same thing here, to me that's a really realistic shot that he could get past Dart and become the starting quarterback for 2023. Which which is part of the reason why it was so surprising to hear he was transferring. Because you know when you heard Brian Kelly talk about how quickly he was grasping everything, it kind of gave you the idea that, okay, this kid's going to be the future. Correct. And then he's just gone. Because you, you thought maybe, oh, okay, well, Jaden's coming back, so 2024 is the time? Uh, not yeah. so much, since nope. apparently we have not gotten any indication that Garrett Nussmeyer was ever 
going to transfer. And now that Walker's gone, he's not transferring. Because 2024, that is his job. So Walker having to wait till 2025 for a five-star recruit, right. kind of a little too long of a timetable for him to finally see real time on the field. Yeah. I mean, that would only give him one year of starting. So, yeah, that, that's way that's way too long. Um, so your poll question of the day is, are you shocked that Walker Howard transferred from LSU to Ole Miss? Very, kind of, not at all. So far, 61% of people saying not at all. I mean, you had brought it up. You had brought up, don't be surprised about Ole Miss either. Yep. I mean, Lane Kiffin's always going to be in the mix. Mm-hmm. Especially for a lo- for a Louisiana kit, Lane Kiffin's always going to be in the mix, uh, and it's so, still relatively close. It's not like he went yep. to Clemson or went three states over to Florida. Oxford's a six-hour drive from here. Like it's it's not as bad. And uh, so so far, sixty-one percent say not at all. Seventeen percent say kinda, and twenty-two percent say very. Our our resident Ole Miss fan in uh, in George Faust says it's a great decision. <laughs> the only thing that would have made it better would have been a 30-minute special at the local Boys and Girls Club to announce it with me hosting. And then Salty Steve says, not at all. He pulled more splinters out of his butt than he had completions last season. Was just going to duplicate the feat if he stayed. Kid wants to play, not duplicate Miles Brennan. Best of luck. That's fair. It's fair. It's very fair. I mean, sucks for Miles, but I mean... Miles, Miles waited too long. He was a little too committed to LSU yep. and kind of seen that for Walker, then coming right after he was gone, like pretty much in that same time span. It was kind of crossing over. Him seeing that, it's like, okay, I, I don't want the hap- that happen to me. So I think it's time for me to leave before it's too late. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so I, in the long run for Walker Howard, I think he made the right decision. But again, you know, we've talked about it before. The history that his family has with LSU, with his dad playing at LSU, and you know Walker grew up being an LSU fan, and it was always the dream to to play for the purple and gold. Uh, so for him to you know walk away from that, I'm, I'm sure it took a lot. This isn't necessarily a forever goodbye though, because you never know. 2025 rolls around, one more, two more years of eligibility. It doesn't necessarily work with Ole Miss or. Maybe he's move on to somewhere else by then, and it doesn't work there either. Doesn't mean he couldn't come back. So bad, Rouge. He could always come back and finish his finish his career at LSU. Yeah, you know, you're never going to rule it out. Um, so that's uh, that's definitely something to keep an eye on over the next couple of years. But of course, we we wish Walker Howard nothing but the best in uh, in Oxford. Looking at today's show, we're going to preview some college softball. We're going to talk LSU, Louisiana, and McNeese. We will also chat with Landry Locker from Sports Radio 610 in Houston. Uh, we will get his thoughts on the Sean Payton interview, where the Texans currently stand, and what they could offer the Saints in return. Uh, we'll also hear from McNeese head coach John Aiken in the second hour, and then a LSU basketball preview before we turn it over to Chris Blair and company at 5.30. Once again, the game hotline is 337 706 Zero one one one. Looking at some top stories in the world of sports, you know, Demar Hamlin still heavily in the news. Uh, it has been reported that since he returned to Buffalo and was discharged from the Buffalo Hospital, 
He has been at the Bills facility almost every day. Could you see him in Orchard Park this weekend? I'd, I'd bet money that he's in the stadium. On the sidelines, I don't. Maybe not. But in a in a suite with his family, yeah, I I would almost guarantee that. Uh, it's it's just you know what you do before the game if you're Buffalo, bring him out to midfield to kind of do like their little chant or whatever mm-hmm. before. Because uh, I remember seeing that on the NFL Network where it was like, where else would you rather be than right here, right now? Mm-hmm. I believe that's that's pretty much how it went. I don't yeah. know the exact quote. I, I don't I don't know the words either, but yeah. But uh, I think I think him doing that right before pregame would be oh, huge. That's be huge. huge motivation for the team, and the and the fans are going to go wild. It would be huge. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys said, you know, Brett Meyer. We've trusted you, but you failed us. We're not going to kick you out just yet. But, but we're going to sign somebody to the practice squad. If you start struggling in practice To put this some week. pressure on you. They have signed kicker Tristan Viscano, who is formerly of the... Arizona Cardinals and New England Patriots. He played in three games with the Cardinals and Patriots this season. He made two field goal attempts and three extra points in the Cardinals' win over the Rams. Uh, according to reports, Maher is battling a case of the yips when he became the first player since 1932 to miss four extra points in a regular season or playoff game, which is a span of 16,207 games. Not days, games. It's been 90 years. I was going to say, we almost hit the 100-year mark. 90 years since someone has missed four extra points in an NFL game. So again, talking about Brett Maher, not only does he have that record, he's also the only kicker to ever make three kicks in a career from 60-plus. So he's got one record that's really good, and then one, that's and it's one record that's really bad. <sighs> this man's polar opposites. I mean, good, good for him. I, and, I, I guess. And don't forget, he was a New Orleans Saint for about eight games. He last was. Year. He was. That was not a fun time. <laughs> no, it's not a fun time. It's not too great either with these with this kicker. No, not with the idiot kicker. It is. It is not fun. You're. You're absolutely right. Uh, looking at some more top stories, the Minnesota Vikings expect Kirk Cousins to return in 2023. Again, kind of like the Joe Burrow headline yesterday. Is that a shock? Why is this even a conversation? I mean, I I, I know Kirk's turning 35, but you you signed him to. A contract extension just last year. He still got one more year on his that contract. runs through twenty twenty three exactly. So why you think he's going to retire? Like how is this a conversation? I mean, I, I guess it's a slow news day or something. But I was going to say this is the usual like Tuesday Wednesday news where it's I'm, like gotta, go through, gotta get something out there. That I, I, how is that even a conversation? Uh, also, Pittsburgh Steelers announced that Matt Canada. We remember Matt Canada. Uh, he will return as the Steelers' offensive coordinator. 
Um, bad, bad decision. That is a bad choice. The one downfall of the Steelers this year was their offense. Yeah, they turned a corner down down the back half of the season, but you, you look at that team, their defense was not really the issue when you look at the grand scheme. Did they have bad games? Of course, every defense does. Grand scheme of things, was their defense the problem? No. Their offense struggled mightily for the first six or seven games of the season. And then there was a three or four game stretch where they, you know, got a little bit better, showed some promise. And then once Kenny Pickett got fully unlocked, the offense got a little bit better to where they were slightly above average in the NFL. Uh, but, but again, I still think that, that you could have moved on from Matt Canada, found a better offensive coordinator, and revitalized that offense even more. Because, I mean, you look at your running, your running game, you averaged 4.2 yards a carry, which was near the bottom of the league. Uh, so definitely some, some things to work on in the Steel City for Mike Tomlin and Matt Canada. But if you need help taking your lady out for Valentine's Day, the help you need can be found inside the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Score a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort, a $50 gift certificate to Richard Seafood Patio in Abbeville, a $40 gift card to Misfits Dine and Drink in Broussard, and a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort. Score these great prizes to help you with Valentine's Day by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. Sign up today. We'll take a timeout when we return. We'll look at the LSU, UL, and McNeese softball teams and what you can expect for 2023 right here on the game at Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. Got something to say to Miguez and Mesh? Hell yeah! It's easy. Just call the hotline by dialing 337-706-0111. Now, back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Crunch Time right now. I do want to remind you that you can bet the NFL playoffs with FanDuel, where every play is a rush. This weekend, FanDuel is giving all customers a no-sweat same-game parlay during the divisional round. It doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or if you already have an account. You'll get free bets back if your NFL same-game parlay doesn't hit. NFL same-game parlays let you combine all your bets for a chance at a bigger payday. I'm going to take a Pat Mahomes to get at least two touchdown passes, a Travis Kelsey anytime touchdown, and then the Chiefs money line. You can even ride with thousands of other fans and bet popular same-game parlays already made for you. If you're new to FanDuel, join with promo code KLWB to see for yourself why it's America's number one sportsbook. And if you already have, if you're already with FanDuel, you can start building a no-sweat same-game parlay today. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana and permitted parishes only. Three-plus leg, minimum $1 bet is required. Refund issued is novel drawable free bets expire seven days after the receipt. Max refund is $100. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem once home, call 1-877-770-STOP. 421, welcome back to Crunch Time. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. Softball and baseball season 
fastly approaching uh, LSU in baseball, ranked as the number one program in America in three different polls by Collegiate Baseball, Perfect Game, and this morning D1 Baseball, uh, putting them as the top seed preseason-wise in the country. Seven of the ten in D1 Baseball's poll coming from the SEC. Uh, Louisiana coming off of a regional appearance under Matt Deggs, looking to build on that. A lot of the core returning for the Cajuns. And then McNeese winning or fighting for the Southland title last year, falling just a little bit short, looking to build on that as well. Uh, You know, great opportunity for all three teams to, to really take a step forward there. And then, you know, you look at softball, all three programs having major success last year. You know, we'll start with McNeese winning the Southland, going to a regional, facing off against top 25 opponents in in Notre Dame and Northwestern, taking both of them to the limit. And and just, you know, looking at the growth that they were able to make as a program, adding Shelby Sanceri as an assistant coach this offseason, adding Alyssa Denham, as a assistant coach as well. James Landrino doing a, a lot of good at McNeese. And the other day, D1 Softball ranked them as a top 50 program in America. You look at their roster, a lot of players back from last year. Ashley Vallejo coming back in the circle. You've also got Whitney Tate, Aaron Arduin. You've got Marina Torres transferring in from Texas A&M. You look further down the list, Corinne Poncho comes in. Notre Dame High School last year out of Crowley, she led the nation in home runs last season. So definitely a power bat coming to the McNeese lineup. Jill Poulart as well and a handful of others. Look, if you're the Cowboys, or or the Cowgirls I should say, you're feeling confident heading in to to 2023. You know, there's something to be said for the success that you had last year. Now the expectation is going to be, how do you build on it? You start off with a hosting a weekend tournament with Texas Southern, Central Arkansas, UAB, Idaho State, handful of others, and then things get a little interesting. You play Kentucky, you play North Texas, Washington comes to Lake Charles, you play Ole Miss, you play Grambling, you play UL, you play Texas, Houston, LSU, UL again, Northwestern, Houston again, LSU a third time. Interested to see what what James Landrino and his staff are going to be able to put together in, in Lake Charles. You know, can they continue to build positive momentum and, and really enforce that that top fifty program in the country status uh, here in, in twenty twenty three? When you look at the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. Again, this is a team that has kind of dominated the Sun Belt for a, a very long time. They were 47-13 and 13 last year, coming off of their third consecutive Sun Belt Tournament Championship. It, was, it is now the 20th consecutive season in which Louisiana is preseason ranked by at least one national media outlet. You're looking at their 23rd consecutive NCAA Tournament appearance. There, there's a ton of talent all the way across the board for Gary Glasgow. And then you were going to the second weekend of the season, James. This team is going to travel to Clearwater, Florida, 
and play in the Tax Act Clearwater Invitational. This is who they're going to play. Indiana, Michigan, Oklahoma State, Arkansas, UCLA, and Florida State. Oklahoma State went to Oklahoma City just a few years ago. UCLA has won a national championship in the last five years. These are not, you know, slim pickings here. You're playing the top of the top in college softball. You are going to play five. Five of your first nine games are in the top ten, and four of those five are in the top five. So you're you're not starting slow if you're Gary Glasgow and the Cajuns. But you know you look at their roster and what they have returning. I mean, you're losing Melissa Mayu, who was the Sunbelt Player of the Year last year. But your big three in the circle is coming back, and Megan Shorman, Kendra Lamb, and Sam Landry. You're bringing in Jordan Campbell, returning as well, who was the best hitter in terms of batting average in the conference at 392. And then you're also bringing back Sophie Piscos, Carly Heath, Alexa Langliers, Stormy Kotzelnik, Maddie Hayden. 75% of your team is back. I mean, if last season you fell this short from making it to a Super Regional, I mean, God, what's the expectation now? I would imagine the expectation is hosting a Regional. Make a Super I mean, this Cajuns group is going to be dominant. It is very rare that you see all three of your usual starting pitchers return the way the Cajuns have it. And then again, your top hitters outside of Melissa Mayu. So definitely intriguing to see what what the Cajuns are going to be able to do. And then, you know, you look at LSU. And they've got five players coming in on the D1 softball top 100 rankings with Sierra Briggs, Danica Coffey, Georgia Clark, Ali Kaponen, and Taylor Pleasance. Uh, so they've got a lot of their core back here in, in 2023 for Beth Tarina. And then you you look at who they've brought in. You know, you look at they have two players coming in from Notre Dame who were best friends in high school and probably will, will room together at LSU in Abigail Savoy and Macy Bergeron. Macy Bergeron was has been one of the top players in high school softball in America. I mean, you look at it, James Macy committed to LSU as an eighth grader. For the last five years, she knew where she was going to be. And then, you know, you you look at at some other names. Obviously, we brought up Danica Coffey, Taylor Pleasance, Georgia Clark, those big names. I, I'm really interested to see what Beth Tarina is going to be able to do with this group. But then, you know, you look at their schedule. Theirs isn't much easier. Oregon State, Ohio, Utah. ULM, UL, Michigan, Minnesota, 
And then you get into the SEC, South Carolina, Tennessee, Ole Miss. You're going to play BYU, Missouri, Oklahoma, who won a national championship just last year. Auburn, Mississippi State, Alabama with Montana Fouts. They're always making the College World Series in, in, in Oklahoma City. Georgia. And then you go to the SEC tournament in Fayetteville. So this is going to be a tough test for Beth Torina, but you look at the roster that they've put together this year, I think this has the makings to be a pretty special season for, for LSU Diamond Sports, both baseball and softball. And, and we'll get to baseball you know, later this week, next week. You, you look at LSU baseball, top to bottom, they are loaded. Loaded. We will preview that next week as softball begins on February the 10th and baseball begins on February the 17th. We'll take a time out here on Crunch Time when we return. Landry Locker of Sports Radio 610 in Houston joins us. We'll talk Sean Payton's interview, what's next in the process, and what are the Texans willing to give up. Right here on the game at Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Slings it far side. Stingley steps inside the receiver and picks it off. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. A shot to left field. Going back on its Gordon. He'll look up at the corner. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. 4.35 here on your Wednesday edition of Crunch Time. You're listening to the game at Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. The game hotline is 337-706-0111. Talking Sean Payton, you know, we, we've talked all this week about the interviews that he has scheduled. You know, James, one, one spot that we haven't discussed yet is Carolina. And Carolina has kind of become one of the favorites to land Sean Payton. You know, he has an interview scheduled with Carolina on a Friday in Manhattan. But there have been some reports today that Denver has become the front runner to land Sean Payton. So still very much up in the air between Denver Houston, Carolina. Uh, let's talk with Landry Locker of Sports Radio 610 in Houston. Uh, kind of figure out where the Texans stand in all of this. Landry, thank you so much for taking the time, man. How are you? I'm pretty good. How you doing? Doing well, doing well. So, you know, looking at Sean Payton, he interviewed with the Texans. He interviewed with the Broncos. And now he's scheduled to interview with Carolina on Friday. But, you know, from my vantage point, interviewing with Houston first says a lot. What, what's kind of the vibe w- w- within the, the Texans fan base about where they stand in the Sean Payton sweepstakes? Yeah, I think interviewing with Houston at all kind of says a lot, just given kind of what you know the national narrative has kind of been on the attractiveness of the gig. Uh, it, it is an attractive gig. It, it wasn't the last couple of years. Uh, you had a quarterback who wanted to be traded in year one. You had no first or second round pick. Uh, you had bad contracts, bad cap situations. Uh, fast forward to the year before that, you had sexual allegations on top of that, so you didn't even know if you could trade uh, the quarterback. You had 75 million dead caps. So 
you know, the the last two years, I, I know that there's been like a a, a a narrative that you know that's that, that that it wasn't like that there wasn't more going on than that. Uh, but I, I think just the fact that he interviewed, I think it says a lot. I can't read Sean Payton. I've I've actually been pretty familiar with uh, Sean since the early two thousands. Um, it, it always seems like he's playing chess. So you know, is he interviewing with the Texans because he really wants to be a part of a rebuild? Uh, a lot of people are kind of hesitant to believe that just because you know he he left you know the Saints after after Breeze left. Um, does he want to go to Denver? Is it a power play to where he's just trying to start a bidding war? How into it is he? The, the feel here is that they're happy that you know he's willing to speak to him, but I think people are kind of hesitant to fully believe that. You know, this is the perfect marriage between Sean Payton and an organization. And let's be honest, is a few years away, best case scenario, from being anywhere to where Sean Payton would would want to eventually get. So, looking at, at the Houston Texans, obviously, you know, one one reason that they're incredibly valuable is the number two overall pick. Uh, and then, you know, you look at the cap space that, that the Texans have to work with this offseason. From somebody who who covers the Texans, you know, day in and day out, what's kind of the plan this offseason if you do hire Sean Payton to get the Texans back? Yeah, see, your guess is as good as mine there because we haven't really seen Nick Casario and how he's going to handle, um, you know, his his free agent money. We we saw the way they did it in New England, but you know, he wasn't really the one calling the shots, so. Um, they're obviously going to have to focus on the interior offensive line. I think they need to they need to get fix that. Uh, they're going to need to uh, probably trade Brandon Cooks, which kind of stinks because then you're going to need uh, more receivers. Uh, they really need a little bit of everything. I expect them to be somewhat aggressive. Are, are they going to be as aggressive as like say Jacksonville was last year? Um, I doubt it. But we are going to see. We are definitely going to see them spend some money. Uh, and I think that's going to impact how they're going to figure out the draft. There's definitely a lot of uh, there's a lot of stuff that they can do, but we're we're kind of getting to know Nick Casario here uh, because of what I said earlier with the limited money. So, that, I mean, I, you could throw a dart at a position, but every position, and they probably need it. So it's going to be it's going to be actually be really interesting to see how he spends it. And and a coach like Sean Payton who likes to have a hand in that, uh, that's probably pretty pretty fun to be able to play with as well because the the Panthers cap situation is is pretty rough. Yeah, and and you know you, we talked about Sean Payton and, and the way that he's able to involve himself in in those kinds of discussions. Say Sean Payton becomes the next head coach of the Texans, that kind of changes your your draft plan because I've I've got this weird suspicion, Landry, that if Sean Payton agrees to become the head coach of the Texans. I could see him pulling maybe a Lamar Jackson down to Houston. Yeah, I actually threw out, and this is, I mean, I'm not saying this is like ideal. Uh, I don't know how he feels about Lamar, uh, but a year ago, him and Tom Brady had like a master plan uh, to like go to Miami, according to Ben Bolin, who, you know, covered Miami for a while and he covers New England. And I don't know how much, you know, I, I know it's crazy, but I don't know how many options Tom Brady has right now. Like, I couldn't see – people were saying San Francisco. I feel like 
Brock Purdy's playing better. So I actually threw out, like, would he want to bring Tom Brady to Houston or something like that? He said that he doesn't like Bryce Young uh, on the radio show. I don't know which of these young quarterbacks he would like. Uh, maybe he wants to work with Davis Mills, which which sounds crazy, and I know a lot of people would laugh at that. But there is a similar situation of when, you know, Sean Payton went to Dallas in 2003 with Bill Parcells. He was his assistant head coach. He was the quarterback coach. And they had Quincy Carter, uh, who was way worse than Davis Mills is right now. And he was heading into his third year. Uh, he took on the Tony Romo project. And the Cowboys went from 5-11, 5-11, 11 to making the playoffs with Quincy Carter. So maybe his ego tells him that he can, you know, maybe tread some water with Davis Mills before he gets the quarterback that he likes. Uh Maybe he he does try to get a veteran. I, I, I your guess is as good as mine. But the one thing that he has been on record saying is I don't think he's a Bryce Young fan uh, as of right now. But you never know. Maybe that changes the closer he looks at it and the closer he tries to kind of imagine himself uh, having to coach the guy. After 16 years of, of watching Sean Payton do work in New Orleans, he's he's not a fan of drafting a quarterback. Period. Yeah. Um, so I would not be surprised if he tried to either a work with Davis Mills like you mentioned or find one in free agency. The Tom Brady situation is intriguing. Uh, obviously, if if you can bring in a guy like Lamar, uh, you know, looking at it though, Landry, what would be an ideal package not only for the Texans to part with but for the Saints to receive? See, my thing is this, like, I, I keep hearing, like, people talk about the John Gruden deal. Dude, he was 30 years younger. Like, it's, he was 30 years younger, and, you know, he didn't, he hadn't stepped away for a year. Uh, Sean said a mid to late first round, uh, first round pick is what, uh, Sean said. The thing about it is, though, you know how shrewd Sean Payton is. Like, I, I, I know that he's gonna, you know, want, the Saints to get appropriate compensation. But as soon as you trade Sean Payton somewhere, you're basically going to kind of be negotiating with Sean Payton. And I don't think he's going to want to give up, you know, the 12th overall pick that the Texans have. The package I've put together is I, I say you give the Saints 12, because obviously they, they're, they're kind of trying to uh, trying to make up for the uh, Alave deal. Um, you give them 12, you get back 40, and then you throw them one of the, one of your extra threes because – the the 12th pick in this year's draft, I just think, um, given the fact that I don't know how much leverage the Saints have, it's not like it's a bidding war. Uh, the package I've thrown is the Saints get 12, the Texans get 40, and then the Texans have a couple of extra extra threes from uh, past trades, and, and and that would be what I would say. Some people here just say just give them 12 and you know charge it to the game and let's let's go let's get the coach. Uh, but that that's what that's what I would say, but. You know, because if you're trading with Denver, you're getting 29, I guess, with, with what they got with Chubb. I just think, I think 12. I know, I know how good Sean Payton is and how good of a coach he is. It just doesn't seem like there's a ton of leverage um, for the Saints right now. Chat with Landry Locker of Sports Radio 610. Landry, we kind of start to, to wrap up. You know, with Sean Payton in Houston, what would be the, the – you know, kind of expectation early on, seeing what Sean Payton's been able to do in the NFL as a head coach. Uh, what, what would kind of be the the vibe in Houston? You know, where could this team go? Well, it's a bad division. Um, Jacksonville, though, they do they do seem to be doing some some pretty good things. So, I mean, 
I would probably like seven, seven wins, something like that, um, would be what, what people would maybe think. I mean, it would depend on the offseason and who they got, but it's, it's a wide open division, um, outside of Jacksonville and even Jacksonville. Uh, they were just nine and eight and you, you saw their first half performance. They kind of put it together to see if they build on it. I would, I would say you're talking like, you know, they've won four, four and now three this year. Probably, probably like a seven, seven wins. But again, we've seen, you know, we've seen some time. I mean, I don't think anyone expected the Giants to be playing right now. And, you know, you hire the right guy, you bring in the right mindset. Uh, and who knows in this league, but I would say like, you know, six, seven, if we wanted to be realistic. Landry Locker of Sports Radio 610 in Houston, joining us here on the game hotline. Landry, appreciate you as always. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon, my friend. All right, fellas, appreciate you. And there he goes, Landry Locker. Look, James. There, there was a there was a lot of of interesting things that that were said there about you know where the Texans kind of stand in the Sean Payton race. Are you giving up pick forty? I mean, I that, mean. I'd be intrigued if I get a couple of, or like one or a couple of third rounders from them because then you got all the third rounders in the world and that does you could just package a couple of those to get so, back into the second. So if you got twelve mm-hmm. and one third, and you gave up Sean Payton and pick forty, you're taking that deal. I'd look for one more third. Okay. I'd, I'd want multiple thirds out okay. of that. I was about to say just one. I'm not doing that deal. I'm not. That I mean, I I agree with him that the Saints don't have a whole lot of leverage here. No, because ultimately, it's Sean's but, decision, and like he had said, Sean doesn't want to give away everything because then he's got nothing to work with. But I mean, you got to them, you gotta them give getting him, another getting the them getting another second is fair because then they'll be down to just one first round pick when they're giving oh darn, up twelve, the number two overall pick. Darn. But then. You got. They have plenty of thirds to work with. So them giving away multiple, to me, I think that about evens out. Yeah. If you if you put two thirds in there, I'd maybe give you forty. But because I, you can always just trade back into the second with those thirds if you really need to. Yeah. Uh, that that's an interesting move. Um, I, I still don't know that the Texans are the favorite. I would like them to be. Because we 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 can see so much working together with that. Tom going there, Grant coming out of retirement to play tight end for the Texans. Them having Sean, and then in that time, that gives that gives Sean more time to find his next QB. But you know, there an article came out three hours ago that, according to Tom Pelissero, who is one of the top analysts in the NFL, the Denver Broncos remain the tentative front runner to secure Sean Payton. Pelissero said he's already spoken with the Texans. He's going to speak with the Panthers. It sure seems like, though, if Sean Payton is taking a job in this cycle, everything is lining up for Denver. To me, it makes a lot of sense. That defense was really good last yep. year. They were number seven overall. Yep. The offense obviously needed work. Needs work. But here's the thing with that. You lost Javante Williams really early in the season. You were having to start Latavius Murray as your number one back because right. you'll you were, have you, you'll have Javante you back. You didn't have Melvin Gordon after that. So first year after an ACL tear, it's going to be a little rough. Javante will probably start to get a little bit better as the season goes along. 
But we saw what happened with Russ in that offense the last week of the season. Once Nathaniel Hackett was gone, looked a little better. So bringing in Sean, to me, that's going to help them overall because it's a lot like how it was for New Orleans before you really only relied on Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. You split a lot of the touches between three, four receivers and a couple of backs. Yep. So that's kind of what you do with Denver. That's you Sean got, Payton's MO. You got three or four receivers to work with in Denver. Cortland yep. Sutton, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, and Tim Patrick once he's able to come back as well because he went down really early in the season. So you having those options, get another running back in free agency or draft another one, have Javante come back, and you're going to start rolling. Sean Payton, head coach of the Broncos. Interesting. Tune in tonight as the LSU men's basketball team tries to get back on track as they host Auburn at the PMAC in SEC action. Pre-game begins at 5.30 and tip-off is set for 6. And you can listen to all the action right here on the game, 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Take a time out. We'll wrap up hour number one right after this. Here on the game, it's Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update, presented by Tibbs Trailers here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Woohoo! The NFL playoffs are heating up, and with FanDuel, every play is a rush. New customers can join today, and you can bet the divisional round with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up with promo code KLWB. With $150, I'd take Travis Kelsey for an anytime touchdown against the Jags. America's number one sportsbook has all your favorite bets, from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, with FanDuel, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, with promo code KLWB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana and permitted parishes only. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is nominal drawable free bets expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply to certain out support. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. Welcome back to Crunch Time. Got just a couple minutes left. Let's look back at the poll question of the day. Are you shocked that Walker Howard is transferred from LSU to Ole Miss? Right now, it's still leaning 47.5% towards not at all. It's leaning towards kind of with 27.5%. And then the final fourth is going to pretty shocked. A couple more comments on Twitter, and then we got some on Facebook. Ralph said, thought he was going to TCU with his buddy Besh, but those Ole Miss co-eds are hottie toddy. And then Brad said, yeah, I'd rather side with the bench for a year at LSU than Ole Miss. A little easy to say when you're kind of like a diehard fan. Yeah. Whereas you're a quarterback trying to get ready for his future and trying to play in the pros. Looking at Facebook, Blake said, kind of. I thought TCU would fit like a glove. I mean, it kind of did. That, felt w- like that would have been a perfect fit. It, but it felt a little too perfect. Made a little too much sense, Clemson, I guess you could say. Clemson pulling away Garrett Riley changed things. It did. And then Brian said, all the good Louisiana products flocked to Ole Miss, such as Archie and Eli. Why not add Walker Howard to the list? Hey, I mean. A couple of them, a, yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's a fair point. Pretty good products, yeah. A lot of correlation with that one. 
Uh, and then Blaine said yes because he was a second generation Tiger. Thought he bled purple and gold. Turns out the value is opportunity over the competition. And sure doesn't care about LSU since he picked old piss. Tiger bait. Eh. I don't. I, I, don't, I can't I don't, really I disagree. I can't really agree with that one. No, that that that's a stretch. Again, it, it's nothing against LSU. Walker would have loved to stay at LSU. If but he could have. But at the end of the day, he's got to do what's best, best for, for him. Walker. It's a business. You're going to do what's best for you. There, I mean, I, I hate to say this. There, there's no loyalty in college football anymore. You're going to do what's best for you because the goal is to get to the next level. How do you get to the next level? By getting on the field. And he, he's going to do that. And you waiting another two years, waiting for your fourth year of being in college football to finally get your opportunity? That's not how it works in 2023. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two, we're going to recap all of these headlines and much more right here on the game at Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Hour number two here on your Wednesday edition of Crunch Time. You're listening to the game. It's 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana sports station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion. Houston Astros, Matt Miguez, James Mesh. The game hotline is 337-706-0111. And here in Acadiana, you can watch us on the simulcast, Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber. In hour number one, we touched on the top story of the day, Walker Howard transferring to Ole Miss. We also previewed college softball for our local teams, Louisiana, LSU, and McNeese. And then we spoke with Landry Locker about the Houston Texans and where they stand in the Sean Payton sweepstakes. Here in the next 30 minutes, we'll hear from McNeese head coach John Aiken talking about men's basketball as they prepare to face Nichols twice this weekend. And we will preview LSU basketball facing off against Auburn inside the PMAC pregame at 5.30. Tip-off is set for 6 right here on the game. But before we get to that, the University of Colorado, now head coached by Deion Sanders, has announced their 2023 football schedule. Now, the Buffs were 1-11 last year. Not very good. There's a reason they have a new head coach. But James, this schedule is daunting. So let's do this. Let's go through it. How many wins do the Buffs get in 2023? They start off on the road at TCU. Imagine they win that one. <laughs> That'd be huge. Um, but overall, I'd probably give that one a no. Nebraska at home. Two first-year head coaches because Matt rules at Nebraska. That could be interesting. That could be an intriguing this game. This one is in Colorado, though. Right. So I'll lean towards win. Colorado State at home. They're bad. I'll give them a win. At Oregon, in the zoo. Oh, no. No. I'll you, say L. Yeah. USC at home. L. At Arizona State. That was a little tough. 
Yeah, that's a that's a hard game to that's pick. That's a that's a tough one. Uh early I'm, on, I'm a, I'm gonna lean towards loss. I'm gonna give them the win there. Stanford at home. Mm, family weekend. Mm. Distractions. Interesting. Uh that's an L. If you ask me. We'll we'll go L. At UCLA. L. L. Oregon State. It's L. homecoming, but I'm gonna say L. Arizona. I'll, That's I'll, a dub. I'll I'll go with dub. It's senior day, final home game of the season. Gotta end it on a high note. At Washington State. Ooh. L. L. And then you finish at Utah. L. L. So what, four and eight? Four and eight? Which let's be let's be completely honest, four and eight sounds really bad. But when you were one and eleven, four and eight's a step in the right direction. Now this is early on. This is this is like right. fresh prediction. You, you we haven't just saw seen, the schedule. You haven't seen spring practice. You don't really know what their roster is gonna look like come September. Things of that nature. There's still a lot to it's a way too early conversation. However, the schedule just came out. Colorado has been buzzing around college football with the higher Deion Sanders. Look, if you, if you can get four or five wins in year number one, because keep in mind, this is Deion's first job at the P5 level. If you get four or five wins year one, it's not the worst thing in the I world. Think, I think that's a step in the right direction, especially when you were 1-11 last year. The expectation can't be very high. And if it is, I mean, you, you might have a, a few issues within your, your athletic program. I mean, you were 1-11. The only way you can get worse is if you don't win a game. So, uh, I'm still so enamored by the, the Deion Sanders move to Colorado and how that can maybe completely revamp the Pac-12 uh, you know, looking at the poll question of the day once again, how shocked are you by Walker Howard's move from LSU to Ole Miss? So far, 45.5% say not at all. 25% say kind of. And 29.5% say very. The game hotline, once again, is 337 College baseball getting ready to get underway. We talked earlier about LSU being ranked number one in the country preseason by three different polls, D1 Baseball, Perfect Game, and Collegiate Baseball, all ranking Jay Johnson's squad as number one in the country. Let's go to the game hotline now. T, what's up? Hey, what's up, Matt? How are you, sir? I don't know if uh, I'm doing great in yourself. Uh, fantastic. Great. Uh, I don't know if you noticed. Uh, your great little pun right there you just said uh, d- about uh, things are buzzing in Colorado. I did I did not get the pun though. No. Okay, all right, but you get it right now. Now I get it. Yes. Okay, good deal. And uh, now about Walker Howard, glad for him. I mean, but this transfer portal crap. It's got to go, man. It's it's not a good thing. I think it can be if it's 
done correctly, I, I think right now they just have too much freedom. Oh, exactly. I mean, they got to serve some kind of suspension—not uh, suspension, but uh, you know, they can't play the next year or something. I right. mean, you made a obligation to one certain team, you know. But I like Prince uh, James said a while ago. You know, this is twenty twenty three, man. Yeah, I mean the the, the kid the kid's got to play. So I mean. He he's got to do what's best for him, and if he feels that Ole Miss is the the best place for him to get seen by an NFL scout, then I mean, so be it. I got you. Do you think he gets the starting job right away? Maybe not. But if if Jackson Dart has a, a you know average season, don't be surprised if Walker's sitting right there waiting. I got you. Hey guys, love y'all. Show have a good good day. Appreciate you, T. Yeah, I mean, do do I think Walker Howard's the starter at Ole Miss week one? No, probably not. I think if we see, like, in the first four or five games where Jackson Dart really struggles, I think that's you. That's when you maybe see Lane pull the plug and be like, all right, let's, let's, let's see what Walker can do. Now, you know, if, if Jackson Dart just – craps the bed in the spring then maybe that door opens up even more but right now I mean I think Jackson Dart's job is safe for at least another season but that still gives Walker three years of playing time at Ole Miss that's huge and kind of, and kind of talking about the transfer portal like you had said it could be really good it definitely can I just think the way it is right now, it kind of just feels like it's there's a lot of open plains. It's like a it's like a big old farm. There's a lot of acres. You just need to fence it off. Kids transferring four times in four years is ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Now, if you've got a special circumstance, there's a hardship or anything like that, that's a different story. But if you're just transferring because Somebody hurts your feelings, or you know, coach didn't play me. Get over it. I was a five star. Get over it. And I mean, look, in in Walker's case, I don't have a problem with it. Walker saw the writing on the wall, realized he wasn't going to be playing anytime soon. A five star being the third string for the next right for the next year, two, and, and two years for sure, and the second string for the next two, right. And he has to put his stamp on a college career in order to make it to the NFL. So he moves on. That's fine. I don't have an issue with that. I don't have an issue with a player realizing that he has a better situation or he could have a better situation somewhere else. By all means, you know, go explore that. But if you're just bouncing around from team to team just to to be you're not you're not ring chasing in college football that's not what this is we're, we're we're not we're not doing yeah Eric Gilbert thank you I'm glad you said it we're, we're not we're not playing that game this is not the NBA where you can go oh I want to team up with LeBron like let me let me go to LA win me a ring and and you know whatever like that's not how it works in college football I think you need to implement a Two-time, 
transfer rule. After that, you have to apply for a, wa- a waiver that would need to be approved by the NCAA. I was going to say, have whenever you were in school, Matt, if there was a teacher that you didn't like, I like, couldn't just leave their class. Like, like I have, a, like you had to fill out like kind of like a permission slip, almost like a reasoning why, like, hey, I don't want to be with this teacher teaching me this subject. I want to do this. Well, well why do you want to leave? Is it just because it's this person? It's specifically not. Well, like, like you had to give an actual reason. I'm glad. I'm glad you guys had that option. I went to a small high school. I didn't have that choice. You didn't like the teacher. I mean, that that was tough for you. No, but that's what I'm saying is you can't just say you can't just be like, well, I want to go to this teacher's class because correct. I just don't like this person. It's like, correct. no, it's is, is there works. is there like a legit reason or is it just because you just don't like them in general? Because well, if that's if it's just that, well, then tough luck. Uh, go back to class. Look, <laughs> I I hate to sound. You know, like like this stuck in my ways kind of person, but there are consequences for your choices. And 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 when in the argument for coaching, where it's like, well, they can leave anytime they want. Yeah, but it's not like but, most coaches are there for a one year rental anyway. They're looking there for the most part to be there multiple years to build up a program. But also, can they leave anytime they want? Because they still have the the contract still gets honored, because that's that's the thing. P- people forget that when a coach leaves a program, the remainder of that contract is paid out by either the coach or the university that's hiring him. So you know you, you say coaches can just come and go, and, and and I guess that's true, but multiple parties are getting their obligations fulfilled. When you're talking about players transferring, obligations aren't always fulfilled. Especially when a player enters the transfer portal in the middle of the season. That's where I really have a problem with it. Let's go to the game hotline. Jeff, what's up? Yeah, so y'all just got me thinking. I hadn't thought about this yet before, but... You know, when, when I think about um, other people, these the age, same ages as these college players, you know, what, what kind of tenure do we expect from somebody getting a part-time job while they're in college? I mean, do we have a, a shelf life on how long they should stay at that job before we say that they shouldn't be able to switch jobs? Right. Yeah, you, you're absolutely right. You know, so, I mean, we, we start looking at it, and I agree that, you know, it, it could put the school in a little bit of a bind, because a player enters the portal in the middle of the year, but it's probably a player that's not necessarily contributing a whole lot, um, you know. And you know, there there's times when schools cut bait with kids all the time, you know, and pull scholarships and those kind of things. So, I mean, there's no loyalty from the school to the kid if the kid's not contributing, um, you know. And you know, even if the kid is contributing, I mean, we have examples of. You know, college basketball coaches that that you know their their reputation, you know, is that they don't graduate players yeah. for a long, long time. You may remember when um, you know Stanford's band was barred from from entering an NCAA arena because they showed up in cap and gowns to play, you know, Bob Huggins' team at Cincinnati. You know, so I, I don't have a real issue with a kid who who wants to switch if the kid switches. No, no 
bet off of me, you know, or, or from a fan standpoint. I mean, it could be annoying. I wouldn't want my kid to have um, such a low level of commitment, you know, to, to an employer or to a team that they were part of. But at the same time, coaches don't have much commitment to those schools either. No, that, that's that's fair, Jeff. Appreciate the call, man. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I get that, and it, it's a fair point. It, it really is. And and look, like I said, if a kid wants to transfer once, maybe wants to transfer twice, I'm okay with that. Three times, depending on the situation? Two times, no questions asked, I'm good with it. Whatever. After two, the NCAA kind of needs to step in like, look, wh- why, why do you want to transfer again? Like, like, what's what's the reason now? Now, if the kid has a valid reason for transferring a third time, okay, sure, whatever. But if, again, he, he just wants to transfer a third time because, oh, you know, my, my, my roommate's trashy. <laughs> what, what, what do you want me to do? That That's some, some of the reasoning... That, that you see is rumored or, or anything like that behind why kids want to transfer four times in four years. It's, it's just nuts. It's nuts. So the, the NCAA needs to, to, needs to get a hold of that. And I mean, in an ideal world, they would, they would get a hold of NIL, but I think the NCAA is in way over their heads on NIL by this point. But now that you scored an Amazon Alexa or Google Home smart speaker for Christmas, you can now use it to listen to the game Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Just ask Alexa or Google Home to play the game Southwest Louisiana, and it's that easy. So do the smart thing and have the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles with you at your office, your home, and everywhere you go. Take a time out when we return. Hear from John Aiken, and we'll preview LSU versus Auburn right here on the game. It's Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and World Series champion Houston Astros. From the Louisiana Raging Cajuns to the latest with the New Orleans Saints and Pelicans, Miguez and Mesh cover it all. I'm not worried. Uh, I think it's something that I can get under control. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Have you ever seen a six-wheeled Jeep? If you haven't, just Google Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic Jeep, and it'll come up. It's quite impressive. So there's there's two in the front, two tires in the front, one on each side, obviously. And then there's four tires in the back, two on each side. It's a dually Jeep. Not going to lie, kind of want one now. The thing looks like a tank. That's kind of a thing now. You're going to see Jeep start manufacturing six-wheel Jeeps. Oh, man. Anyways, John Aiken met with the media earlier this week talking about McNeese basketball as they prepare to take on Nichols not once but twice. Back to back. Here's coach on the upcoming week. Yeah, Nichols is good. Um, they had a couple uh, hiccups early in the conference season and made some adjustments going to the Northwestern game last weekend. I actually talked to Clanch on Friday uh, as they were preparing for Northwestern. And, um, he was kind of asking me about how we attacked their zone both times that we had played them and how they played. And so um, 
he and I are very close. Obviously, we worked together for a couple of years, and uh, he told me about some lineup changes that they would make, and uh, he did, and they played really well on Saturday. So um, expect them to be more than ready. I think it's their stuff still for game, and so it's going to be a great atmosphere, uh, great crowd environment. Uh, they've got some guys back from last year. Obviously, they lost a lot. Uh, they had Ty Ty, and they had um, the big fella Raji, but you know, Latrell Jones has really stepped up. Uh, Micah Thomas has played well in spurts. Pierce Spencer, um, Manny Little. They've got a, a really good quality team that's still trying to figure it out, but uh, that win they got on Saturday, I think, really helped them. So we've got to have a much better week of prep than we had last week. Um, I thought last week we picked a bad team, bad time to have a bad week of prep, and it cost us a couple games. And so we've got to have a much better prep uh, these few days before we head over to Thibodeau. All right, James, let's look at what's going to come on our airwaves here in about five minutes. LSU versus Auburn inside the PMAC. LSU coming into this game 12-5, and 1-4 and four in the SEC, and they're on a four-game losing streak. They've got to get the ship righted. You just have to. Auburn comes into this game ranked 16th in the country, 14-3 and three on the season, and they're 4-1 and one in the SEC, winning four of their last five, including wins over Arkansas, Ole Miss, and Mississippi State. Now, when you look at this game, Auburn's only a five-point favorite. So that's encouraging if you're looking at it from LSU's perspective. Because the way that they have played the last two weeks, and they're only a five-point dog to a top-20 team, I mean, look, obviously LSU's got talent. K.J. Williams, Juice Hill, Trey Hannibal, Cam Hayes. You're obviously going to be without Moani Wilkinson for the rest of the season. But this is still a team that has promise and potential. The problem is, James, and this is just what I've noticed from, from watching their games. They force too many bad shots. They turn the ball over way too often. And they get in foul trouble easily. Those three things put together, not really a recipe for success. Now, they're young. Matt McMahon is still in his first year. It's obviously going to take time for, for them to get back to where they were. But man, if you can get back on the right track by upsetting Auburn, in your home arena, that would be huge for the LSU Tigers. Uh, Auburn is led by Wendell Green Jr., a 5'11 junior out of Detroit. He's averaging 13.6 points per game as well as nearly four assists a contest. James, if, if you're LSU, what's the one thing that you have to do well tonight to keep yourself in this ballgame? Outside of the obvious, make your shots. Force turnovers. I think you're really going to have to force turnovers that, so that way you can go into transition and get some buckets there to create some momentum. Because once you can get some in-transition shots and you make them, that helps build confidence for you on your half-court offense. Bruce Pearl's just such a good coach. He, he really is. Auburn's always a, a talented program. You look at their losses. They have a nine-point loss to Memphis. 
who's always a good program. You have a three-point loss at USC. And then you've slipped up once in SEC play playing Georgia. You lost 76-64. to But you're fourth in the SEC, a game and a half out of the lead, which is all Alabama right now. Look, again, if you're LSU, you can put yourself right back in the conversation. You would be right there around where Kentucky is. Three games out, you would be three and a half games out with, with the win tonight. And kind of start building on some positive momentum as you come down this back stretch over the next couple of weeks because the conference tournament's coming very quickly and seeding is everything in conference tournaments. On tomorrow's edition of Crunch Time, we will preview some of the NFL divisional round matchups. We will also talk Pelicans, who have a big game tonight, and much more. I want to take this opportunity to thank Landry Locker for joining us today, talking Sean Payton and the Houston Texans. For James Mesh, I'm Matt Miguez. Be safe, be well, give a hug to your mom and them. Same time tomorrow, 4-6. to six. Same station right here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion Houston Astros. Let's throw it over to the Pete Maravich Assembly Center to the voice of the Fighting Tigers, Mr. Chris Blair, as LSU host number 16, Auburn.